Whether you have a skin interest, a skin query, a skin trauma, or skin disease, I warmly welcome you to Heal Thy Skin, a podcast brought to you by Derm Health Co. I'm Marnie, dermal clinician, dermoscopist, and your podcast host. Skin is deeper than beauty, and our mission is to build the largest platform of specialized practitioners focused on skin health and skin empowerment. Join me each week where we go deep into the skin and beyond to hear stories and education from leading practitioners on a journey of skin health. We would like to thank Allied Magazine for sponsoring this podcast episode. Allied Magazine combines allied health and wellness with a fresh outlook on people who are shaping and shaking up the industry across business, allied health, fitness, and wellness. Whether you are looking for a boost of creativity, professional advice from industry experts, the most exciting new products and technology, Allied Magazine is the only magazine allied health professionals need. And when you sign up to the Derm Health Co. directory as a practitioner, you can receive a complimentary subscription to one month of the digital copy of Allied Magazine. To find out more, go to dermhealth.co or visit alliedmagazine.com. Surgical interventions around the world continue to rise and the resulting scars never quite go away. Although we can have what we call a good quality scar, a bad quality scar can be an ever-present reminder of the day of that surgery. Scars also arise from accidents, wounds from wars and conflicts, personal attacks and many other traumas. Effective treatment of scar tissue is for a big percentage of the population left untreated and the modalities that are available can be quite invasive. Scar therapy is probably one of the most neglected of bodywork skills for the manual therapist. McLaughlin's scar tissue release has been described as a giant leap forward in the treatment of scar tissue. Welcome to episode number 19 of the Heal Thy Skin podcast. I'm Marnie, your host, and today I am speaking with Gail Toombs, a highly qualified instructor and practitioner of McLaughlin Scar Tissue Release. She's also the founder of Summit Bowen Health Clinic. Gail has had extensive career in the health aged care industries and it's also been reinforced with a background in Bowen therapy, HR and rehab. Gail shares how her journey into Bowen therapy led her to study the intricacies of scar tissue and a specialized technique called McLaughlin scar tissue release, also known as MSTR. She is now an instructor and practitioner of this amazing modality. I started by asking Gail what she thought the biggest misconception was about scarring. Well, Marnie, what I constantly hear from my clients in the clinic is that how is the scar going to change? Is it too old? And it's so old, it will never change. I constantly hear that from not just clients in in the clinic, but from people I talk to. And when, in fact, a scar is never too old, it can be worked on from something 50, 60 years ago, or it can be something that's just recently helped, uh, sorry, occurred in their life. And it's, I often also hear, it's all good. I don't need to do anything about it. It saved my life. 
when in actual fact that scar may be causing some form of restriction or the person may not have actually become aware of the restrictions or adaptions that they've made in their bodies to compensate Mm. for that scar. Yeah, really interesting. So tell us a little bit more about your career and your background. Oh, wow. My career has been very, very varied. Um, The early years were focused on administration roles and they have been from anything from construction to the sugarcane industry aged care and I had 12 years with the government health agency I think that that's where a lot of my interest then became focused on the health industry where I've always wanted to be but never quite got there so it was a decision about 10 years ago to stop working full-time and to care for my aged parents then and that led me to investigate the career in complementary health it was also something, I, as I said, I also wanted to do and probably why most of my roles were also heavily focused on workplace health and safety, rehabilitation and return to work, getting people back into the workplace. And also I had a very strong HR role, which was around both those areas as well. I decided not to go back into the corporate world after looking after my parents. And then I decided I was going to pursue that training in the complementary health world. And it led me to advanced biotherapy and a, being a, becoming a practitioner. Now, I've personally had that therapy for 25 years of my life, I've, my go-to therapy. I try, I do lots of others, but it was during this time, the last few years, that I actually was introduced to McLaughlin scar tissue release, which is what we'll talk about a lot today. And I've now become not only a practitioner, but an instructor for McLaughlin scar tissue as well. So it was just a natural progression as you were having the therapy yourself, I guess, seeing the results or feeling the results of that therapy and then going into that because you knew how effective it was for you. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. I actually didn't know it had been around for that long because Bowen therapy, really, I kind of only started seeing it around in the recent years. Mm. It was actually developed by Tom Bowen, who was from Geelong. Now, Tom's passed on now, but we had his 100th anniversary of bone therapy just recently in the last few years. So it's actually an Australian-developed therapy. I love hearing that about how Australians are really making an impact in the you know, health sector with yep. the different therapies and just being really innovative. He used to see approximately 13,000 clients a year. That's how effective, wow. and it was like all word of mouth. Incredible. He looked after the old Geelong AFL team back in those days. <laughs> Much different to what the uh, high-profile players are like today. But, yeah, that's his whole world was about helping people. And he had, on a Saturday morning, he had a specific clinic for anybody with a disability, particularly children. And it would be absolutely full from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sometimes he worked to 9 p.m. at night. That's wow. what we hear about him. Incredible. So what exactly is McLaughlin's scar tissue release? I'm going to call it MSTR because it becomes a bit of a mouthful after a while. (laughs) But MSTR has been described pretty much as a giant leap forward in the treatment of scar tissue. And the first question that would jump to most people's mind is why? And that is due to its speedy responses and the innovative method in which we deliver it. Until now, scar treatment is probably one of the most neglected skills for most bodywork therapists. It's not that well addressed or taught during any of our trainings. So this was actually an eye-opener for me when I discovered this or was introduced to this. Over the past 10 years, Alistair McLaughlin, the developer, has constantly revised his SCAR technique 
And the results of that has been the redesigning and re-engineering so that it creates change in this scar tissue, pretty much like no one's witnessed before. So MSTR is not just for post-surgical scars. It can also be used for muscular tears and trauma wounds. For instance, like a sports injury where you constantly roll your ankle and you get those micro tears. And then also for things like we've now developed it and been progressing with plantar fasciitis, quite effective with that in the fibrous tissue. And seriously, the list goes on and on of of how we can actually help. Fascinating. And what is it about scarring that interests you so much? Like, why do you choose to do focus on this specifically? For me, it was the light bulb moment um, that this is really the missing link in treatments from most soft tissue therapists and practitioners. Um, We all know our modalities inside out. But there are times when no matter what we do in our treatments, you know, you might have a treatment hold for a certain period of time, you hit a plateau, and then the client, it'll reoccur for the client again, or it'll come back to some degree. It wasn't until I was actually shown MSTR that pretty much my practice opened up to a lot of possibilities um, and just how impactful scar tissue treatment can be for my clients and particularly on their outcomes. So by addressing the scar or scars or traumas to the tissue, it's allowing other areas to then become released, which then probably had some sort of a, a, not some sort of a, but they have had impacts on other parts of the body. So then for me, the most important aspect of learning this and what interests me the most about it is the outcome itself. It seriously changes people's lives and gives them back a way of life that they thought that they'd previously lost. So their range of movement and that look of satisfaction and gratification on their face that, hey, I can do this now or I can move this way or I've got feeling and sensation back into an area. That to me is the best result and outcome I can see. I just love seeing that on someone's face or that, you know, when they, I have had, you know, the the odd hug from a client because they've been just so grateful that they've got feeling back somewhere. And there is also a psychological impact that it can have on some people as well. That's so fantastic. And we're going to touch on kind of the emotional aspects of scars in a little bit. And I'm really looking forward to hearing that from you. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the exact moment when you decided to pursue scar tissue release? That's funny because I can actually. I was sitting in the lounge chair. It was August 2018, and I had been shown the MSTR technique um, as an added bonus to a workshop that I did with Alistair for his other treatments, which is the art of bodywork. And so I've been sitting there thinking about this has got to get out there. But the exceptional results that I was having and what I'd had in my own case studies was just phenomenal between that June and August, and it was frustrating me that there was only me immediately in my area And I needed to be able to have another set of hands somewhere else that I could send people to also because I couldn't keep up with the workload. So from there, I actually approached Alistair and said, hey, look, you need to take this further because at this stage, he was the only one teaching it worldwide. And it was after a number of discussions and further development that we now have a team of 25. We started off with an initial team of 12 international instructors and we now have grown that to 25. And what kind of practitioners are doing these treatments? Is it just Bowen therapists? No, any soft tissue therapist. So anyone from acupuncturists through to massage therapists, 
we can have osteopaths, myotherapists. Um, we also have yoga and Pilates instructors who have taken it as well because they work with their clients' bodies. So if they can release restrictions in there, can actually have better outcomes. We also have nurses with midwives. It's absolutely phenomenal, the changes we see in C-sections. And there is research done on that as well. We'll talk about that a little bit later as well. That's this anybody who has a soft tissue background and has a qualification. Here in Australia, you need to at least have registration with an association before you can learn the technique. That's great that it's just so varied in so many different fields. Yes. And we know that so many people work with skin, you know, in, in lots of capacities, whether it be scarring, and it might not necessarily be that they're an expert in that specific field, but having these extra tools can really form better patient outcomes. It's a great modality, additional modality for any clinic. So tell us about treating scarring. What does a treatment plan actually look like? Well, firstly, I have a client complete a full health history. I actually send my clients that online so that I can then have that prior to meeting with them and review that. We discuss their scars. If I've got them on the phone, we discuss a bit of their history and about their story. And I let them talk without prompting so much for answers because you have to be very careful not to plant thoughts that would lead someone down a particular path you need to have them tell their story how it actually affects them I have them indicate also when they come in to see me on a template just where they think and perceive their scars to be and that's particularly for anybody who has a posterior scar so that's down the back of the body and it's amazing how many times that can be so misrepresented about where they think their scar is and where the scar actually is so that's an enlightening moment for them as well when they see that template. There's also, I then conduct a full range of movement assessment and to see if there are any limitations in their range of movements. And I do that quite extensively from top to toe, regardless of whether they've got a scar on their ankle or they've got a scar on their forearm. It's about the anatomy trains. I look to see where it has actually affected the different fascias in the different parts of the body. So I look for any of those body lines and the contra lines, whereas, you know, an ankle might be affecting the shoulder and an abdominal scar might be affecting a lower back. I look for all those sorts of things. And then from there we progress. I've had their story. We've done their assessment. I then look to see if they're ready. I ask them if they're ready for the treatment. And then we have them get into the position which is most comfortable for them. So not everybody has to lie down on the massage table to have this treatment. You might have an, an injury on an arm and they just prop it up on the, ta- on the table and I sit there and work with it. Or there might be an injury on the leg and I can access that from just putting their leg up on a stool. So whatever is most comfortable for my clients, that's what I do. I then ask the client to actually touch their own scar and describe to me how it feels what it's like, the sensations they may be experiencing, anything else that may come to mind when they touch that. It's an additional part of their story as well. And from there, I ask them to invite me. Um, Not everybody does this, but I actually ask them to invite me to touch their scar. I feel that that's a way of making, putting them at ease then they know that I'm not going to use any forceful pressure or they can feel my hand first just to touch their scar. So it's a connection that we can build and a trust as well. And trust is so important during this process that the actual client trusts you with taking care of their scar. I then palpate that scar 
and I work further afield as well to see because we can also find that it's quite common there are further afield adhesions or fibrous tissue being set up. And then I'll mentally measure the size of the scar and that then determines also how long and in how big a section I work at a time. And that's a pretty much a general session. And at all times, I keep talking to my clients. This is not a quiet therapy. Some clients might just want to lie there and have the treatments. Others will want to talk all the way through it more things will come up you make these notes more recollections will come through and at all times your client is the one that's in control they can stop the process at any time and is it painful absolutely not no it is such a gentle modality we're working with mere millimeters of the fascia so you know two to three to four millimeters is the depth feet because they're so tough it's a bit of a heavier pressure but I've never had at this today anyone say that it's actually painful. Wow, that's incredible because so many treatment options out there for scars are quite invasive. The downtime can be quite considerable. And when someone has already gone through, you know, probably extensive pain when they were actually healing from this scar, sometimes that can be a difficulty of thinking that the treatment itself to going to reduce the scar is also going to be painful. So that's And that's right. They can have that fear of it's going to hurt me before I even start and that can stop them from even having the treatment. So working through that process with your client is is just as important as actually doing the treatment itself. Absolutely. And are there risks? Like can you talk also about the success rate and limitations of the treatments? Sure. So there are no risks as such. However, there are a number of contraindications Um, which means that there are some circumstances in which we simply cannot treat the scar or we have to wait for further healing to occur before we can actually treat it. For an example, where mesh is used, and they use that quite extensively in hernia operations, where that's been involved in a surgery, we cannot treat that particular scar. So in many cases, clients do not even know if it has been used or if it was actually part of their surgery because the scar and the surgery happened so many decades ago, particularly where we had childhood operations. They just don't know where it's actually located on the actual hernia. Um, clients may also not know where in the body um, the, the mesh has actually been placed and potentially there are indications out there and research out there that micro bits of mesh can actually break off over time and end up in other parts of the body, including as far away as the bowel. So it is simply something that we stay away from because we don't want to impact or potentially impact that area. No, we can't work on those particular scars. However, we can look to see if there are adhesions and fibrous tissues further afield from that client's scar where mesh has been used so that we can actually work in those areas. If there is a documented evidence from the doctor exactly where the mesh has been placed, then it's even better because we can have that in their health records. can actually then work further afield to work on those adhesions which may have adhered potentially the hernia to a bowel or to another part, another organ or other immediate fascia. What about breast implants? So, for example, Mm. like contractures and things, would this also be included that it would be a contraindication? So we're talking with regards to after mastectomies? mastectomy or augmentation and implants you can work on the immediate scar for augmentation 
But I will also say that mesh is actually now being extensively used in breast lifts. So again, if we don't know where that mesh is placed, then we can't work that area. It is a contraindication. But for guard, for instance, with re- reconstructions for mastectomies, then we can work the whole area, so long as yeah. mesh hasn't been used. Our success rate is quite high. The, the success rate for particularly, I'll go to mastectomies with women and their range of movement, the, what they get back with cording, which is where the tendon becomes very, very tight and just looks like a cord, a twisted rope. So they get a lot of restriction in lifting their arm out to the side for abduction. abduction. So we find that even in a 15-minute session, you can get quite an extensive range of movement back. The feeling and sensation, the blood and lymph flow that comes back into the area, in, a, in the majority of cases, that is probably the first thing that they'll actually start to feel come back into the area. That's really you know interesting because I've had a couple of people on the podcast talking about lymphatic health and that can be a real issue with scarring so it is yeah so it's great to hear how not necessarily being a lymph practitioner but you can have an impact on the lymphatic system beneficially by these types of methods that's right it really enhances the work of an nlmt or a lymphatic massage therapist it really enhances their work so with regards to limitations things like where a scar has been worked over two or three times example is a c-section where they've had the same scar reopened that's where you'll find that your outcomes will be limited it's not for everybody because everybody's body is different but that's just an, an example of what potentially scars from burns where they have to go in and release those contractures as the person grows and, and grows particularly if it was a young child that's where you'll find those multiple injuries it's just setting up more and more and more scar tissue So you do have some limitations to the treatment, yes. And what can you recall about perhaps being one of your favourite career moments? I've had so many of them, but two absolutely spring to mind. (laughs) The first one was a 20-year-old scar from a cycling accident. The client was on her way to work. She's an avid, very, very healthy, avid athlete. Hit the side of a taxi, bounced over, and a semi-trailer stopped on her leg. So multiple, multiple injuries to her right leg, um, losing a third of her tibia and fibula and broken femur, hip. So she had rods, flaps, grafts, you name it, she's had it. And it's not just the original site on her leg. There was where they had to grow enough skin under her arm to be able to fully cover her, her injuries. When we go through the training, we're told to start off with simple scars first as our case studies. She was my simple scar. <laughs> <laughs> so as I said before, like no scar is too old because it's now like 23 years, I think it works out to be, since she had this accident. And one of the first things that we did was assess the best area to start on. So I looked for where the most contracture was happening in her scar and I released that first. Now, the size of this scar, because it goes right around the full front of the thigh, right around on the medial aspect and right almost halfway around to the back of the, of the um, thigh and then down her gastrocs. So they actually took one half of her gastroc and, brought, and did a flap and brought it up and over to give her coverage on the, just above the knee. So there's a lot of extensive scarring that occurred there and we did 
six overall sessions. Now, it could do with a little bit more work, but in that six sessions and even from that very first one, you could see what was a pasty white appearance of the scar start to get beautiful blush colour come back into the area and like she was sitting up because uh, sitting up on the table and whatnot and her like her mouth was just dropping and it's that wow moment for I, I didn't think I'd get that back I didn't think I'd get that feeling and when I was working on the contractor the first section of the of the leg she was actually feeling sensations in her feet that she had thought she yeah, oh, yeah, it's a numbness. I just don't. It, it's whatever. That's where you get that great flow back into the hole and sensation back into the. So we knew the nerves, whilst damaged, still had the potential to actually have uh, pathways, neural pathways stimulated for that, and stimuli still to go down. So that was number one. <laughs> but as I say, six treatments, and her family was the first to actually notice the difference like even her husband was quite surprised and she's now back riding bikes with kids whereas before it used to be a bit of a struggle to keep up with the kids and she's got multiple other sites that we need to work on as well but we'll get there and slowly but surely <laughs> and that's the beauty of this technique as well is there is no time frame from when I can work on the first time and I may not see you for several months or I might not see you for a year while you get, we all have busy lives, or sometimes it's because of the processing that goes on. In that time frame, it doesn't make any difference to what I have already done. It will never resort back to what it previously, unless it's re-injured. I think my second one then was the double breast reduction, and that was through surgical intervention. Now, this client had the breast reduction. She had 50% of her breast size reduced and grew back. In that time... Yeah, it actually regrew, and wow. in that time frame between the first and the second intervention, she developed gangrene. So that was three years of extensive intervention to keep that, to clean that out, and it left an over 300 scars because of the interventions. It's to the point where she had complete nipple reconstructions. She's had complete breast reconstructions because of it. And the distress that go, went with that and the trauma, that, the psychological trauma that went with that, it means that other than herself, to get in that shower as quickly as possible was all she would allow anybody. She didn't even like doctors touching it or anything like that. So it was a real impact on her private life as well. She actually is a therapist herself, so came to one of my very, very first workshops. And it was through that workshop that we built a rapport and a trust and I've now worked on her three occasions and the difference that we've got, we've now got sensation coming back into the nipple area, that reconstructed area. For her, that was just amazing because now she feels like she can actually touch herself, whereas she doesn't want to work on herself. And it's just beautiful because you can, yeah, it's quite teary moments at times with lots of these situations, but it's, um, it's just a beautiful experience to see someone get that release and achieve that sensation coming back into something that they, yeah, as I say, I'll say this over and over again, something they thought that they've lost and they're never going to get back again. So, yeah, it's made a huge difference to her life, to the part now that she will actually allow her partner to look at it, whereas before she would never dress or undress or anything like that in front of him. So they are probably the two cases that really, really, really uh, stand out for me as beautiful outcomes. How incredibly rewarding for you. It is. I just love it. <laughs> mm. 
And was there a time, Gail, where perhaps you couldn't achieve what you wanted for your patient? Talk to us about the outcome. Why do you think this happened? And do you think you'd do anything differently now, like today? Sure. Well, so I suppose, you know, I kept thinking in life, there's no guarantees of success. It really does come down to the ability of someone's own body, how it heals. And because it can be dependent on how the traumas have actually occurred in the first place and how many times in that area, it can change multiple traumas and improve that blood and lymph flow or the vascularity around it. You can improve the range of movement. To date, for me, there hasn't actually been a case where there hasn't been some sort of improvement, whether it be very minimal, whether it was just the appearance changed or visually looked different. To be honest, I discuss all options with the client. I actually make them very aware that we may or may not, because of the trauma that you have experienced or the surgery you experienced, we may or may not get a result. But in most cases, there's at least something comes back into that area. So that's another very important part of that whole initial client intake when you're talking to them, to make them aware that these things can, can or cannot happen. When, when one case, it's not so much that there was a scar, but on a C-section I worked on, there was a linear alba split during the delivery. So one side of the actual linear alba didn't come back into place, and that will actually require further intervention. But again, we got results on the C-section scar itself. And so when that client goes back to have that other intervention, then we'll actually work on there and, and we'll hopefully have the same beautiful result that we had on her C-section. So that's, I, as I say, I haven't personally had any situations where there's been no result, but there's always something occurs. So it's about managing expectations. Exactly. And how can MSTR work with other treatments or modalities? It's a, well, MSTR itself is a standalone modality. It can enhance pretty much all your other modalities in, the, in your practice. If a client has scarring that is highly complementary to any soft tissue modality, I quite often see students of MSTR learn to perfect their palpation techniques, which then comes in really, really helpful in other areas of their clinic practice as well. And then you can also feel the adhesions right down to being like the size of a grain of rice. Any tiny adhesions can cause a world of problems for your client. So it's really, really, really complementary to all other soft tissue modalities. And I'd like to chat more about the emotional and psychological effects of scar tissue or scars themselves. Are you able to provide some insight? Yeah, sure. So with scars and scarring comes a potential impact for both not only psychological but physiological impact as well. And emotions of the scar will change over time from the original and initial fear and anger to sometimes resentment and worthlessness, which is felt within the client. We can associate these outcomes with how the scar has occurred. And it's not just about cuts and incisions or piercings. It can also be due to tears in the tissue um, it can lead to disease and medi other medical um, conditions. So just because you can see a scar on a surface doesn't mean, or you can't see a scar on a surface, doesn't mean that there's not a scar below the surface that you can feel and palpate for, and it can have an impact on someone's psychology and how they go about their daily life, their restrictions. It can also be have an effect on the neural pathways and 
how it impinges and, and compresses on the neural pathways. Blood and lymph flow, which has been encapsulated and backed up, can be causing pressure on a certain area. It can cause that pain. It can send a person psychologically into an acute or chronic stage of their injury. And once it gets into that chronic stage is where it's like it's very hard at times to move people forward. So in my practice and in all practices, we encourage our practitioners to have in their network a team, even if you have to refer out or someone in-house, someone who is trained in counselling or is a psychologist. If you're not one of those and you don't have that qualification, that's where we say you need to refer your client on or have your client, if they are in that situation, have them go back to their own counsellor and establish that support network for them right from the start. And it's just no matter the size of the scar, whether it be the size of a 10 cent piece or you know, the length of their leg, it can have the same kind of psychological impact on a person depending on where that person is at in their life, correct? Absolutely, yes. It can cause all sorts of things from loss and grief to, and, not, and believe me, not all scars come with grief and that resentment and worthlessness. I've had, I never thought I would see it in my lifetime, but I uh, treated a bullet wound. And what that came about was this lady had grown up on a sugarcane farm and she and her brother were not supposed to have dad's gun, but mum and dad were out and they were mucking around on the farm and he was on the water tank and somehow the dog got involved and he fell off the water tank and she got shot in the leg. But me working on that scar brought back other childhood misadventures that she had with her brother and what a fun childhood she had growing up and she laughed and laughed and laughed so the impacts can be so different for everybody psychologically <laughs> but I, I literally wow. we had we had to stop the treatment because the tears were running down both of our faces from the laughter um but I, you just think of all those misadventures and with that particular gunshot they kept it from mum and dad for three weeks before they she literally had to go to hospital or she was going to lose that leg. <laughs> so, oh, my goodness. So no it's, story. So it's stories like that. and the, that's, But there, as I say, like you go from one situation to another where you go from someone who's had a life-saving intervention to someone who's had, brings back beautiful childhood memories or whatever for them. And, Gail, in an article you speak specifically about scar tissue following caesarean. What are the impacts of an emergency caesarean for women? Okay, so for nine months, a woman has been preparing for what she has hoped to be an event-free natural birth. In an emergency situation, this ideal is actually literally whipped away from them and taken from their control, and they lose control of that situation. And they're now left with something or somewhere between a 10 and 20 centimetre scar. Now, this can either be transverse or sagittal, and potentially for several weeks, they are now unable to perform the normal caring duties like lifting their baby. And this can have a huge impact on a woman as a mother and her psychology as well. What should have been a joyous time has now become a more difficult emotional time for them. Emergency C-sections also run a high risk of PTSD and there's a lot of research out there about that. On top of these emotions, a woman can now start to experience detachment from that part of their body. And this is where they can actually start to feel that 
sense of potentially that sense of worthlessness was why is it me why did i why did i ever do to make this go wrong why couldn't i even do this right it's you constantly you it's a they're common things that we hear as practitioners so while some of them will deal with it and go through laughter they're actually still crying on the inside and it's when you have these conversations that you work out that it is such an individual thing of how each woman has dealt with her c-section but then again, even if a woman has been fully engaged in the decision to have a planned C-section, they can still experience that, those same reactions. And it may be that they've, yep, I'm fully in control because they have made the decision. But again, it has left them with the inexplicable reactions and, unex- and desensitizations to the body. And this can cause explosive emotions. In some cases, these emotions are suppressed as pretty much a coping mechanism i often hear from ladies with c-sections is that i can't see it it's not there so i just get on with it and they don't touch whereas before i spoke about the lady with the breast reduction it's the same sort of reaction they'll go in they'll shower and out they don't like to touch so what do we do in that situation as i mentioned before if you're not a counselor or a psychologist yourself as a practitioner then it's not within your scope of service so you would refer on and potentially if that person hasn't already got someone in place, then you would, you would, that's where you would use that referral. I would also say that like we as practitioners, the nature of our business makes us want to help people. So it's not out of line to be empathetic with your client as well. So I, will, I have sat in the past where a client has needed time to recover after a treatment and it's not so much that they're in pain or anything like that, but I like to make sure that my client's are in a good place before they leave the clinic. So I will have given them a glass of water. I'll lend them a shoulder. We'll have a little chat and we'll make sure that they are in a good space before they leave my clinic. Yeah, I can see that as practitioners, it can be difficult to kind of know where that line Line is. Line line. Naturally, a lot of practitioners are quite empathetic. That's exactly right. And it's sometimes a really, really hard to to know where that line is but you just have to put your professional cap on and yeah you're dealing with such an emotional area of the body as well when you look at a a c-section we actually potentially cover over seven six different meridian lines so it affects the body all over the place from top to bottom but it is also another reason why when we do scar work it is the only work we do on the day because you have no idea what is going to be brought up for that client if anything it is pretty much it is very much a standalone technique that you will use on the day with that client. I often tell my students, just because you see a scar doesn't mean think, oh, juicy scar, and jump on it. <laughs> it's yeah, <laughs> you, you need to take it. You need to work through it with your client. <laughs> yeah, which would be so tempting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. What are some other considerations in regards to scar tissue? Well, we need to consider a number of contraindications which may prevent us from either, as I said before, working on the scar there and then or potentially working down the track. So some of these indications, contraindications are, as I said before, mesh. It can be infections or conditions that are contagious, skin conditions. If the skin is still fragile, so if it is under eight weeks post-surgery, for instance, uh, we don't work on it because you may look perfectly healed on the surface, but it's the substructures that are still healing. So we wait to the eight weeks, and if the scar appears and feels that it has been 
it is fully healed, then we can work on it. If there is any indication that that's not the case, then you just send the person away and wait for another six to eight weeks. That will have no implication on what work you potentially have been able to complete. It just means that the fragility of the skin is not there and you can't work on that particular section. Now, in fragility, that can actually even appear some 30 to 40 years later or more. I've worked on C-sections where there's been potentially like a centimetre of the scar. The whole thing looks perfectly healed and you would think after that time frame there would be no problems, but then you'll work mere couple of minutes on a section and it'll start to show fragility. So there'll be a little bit of a breakdown. So you will leave that, allow the client to go away. You can work on another section of the scar, but you'd leave that part, allow it to heal and move on. They can come back in six to eight weeks when that's healed. It's I've found what the connection there is with a lot of my clients is that that's where they feel the first point of reference for release or sensation or tingling or whatever other feelings that they might, numbness that they might feel released. Or that might be the first point of emotion that they experience during the treatment. That heals, they come back, we treat that. It can also be that client might have burns or that includes sunburn so of course it's going to be too tight too um, sore to touch bruising and swelling again they're not going to want you to touch that there are a number of other things and also if someone is actively being monitored for counseling for trauma it may be that the client hasn't reached that particular part of discussion with their counsellor. So if they're in active counselling, we tend to say, okay, well, let's go through that and work through that till you get to that point, and then we'll work on the scar because you might release something that they're not ready to deal with. Also, it is a really good place to be if you, the client, and their counsellor can work together. So, again, if you get that permission to work with the counsellor, then that's when you know that this is a good time frame for us to come in do the work, and then they can have the counsellor in the background. So it is always about having those support mechanisms. But there are a number of other contraindications. We also have a world-first set of guidelines around when and how we can treat clients who have got scarring from cancer intervention. So we have timelines around that as well. And if someone is experiencing pain, dysfunction, or even psychological distress due to scarring, what would you suggest that they do? first thing is that we have a website which has got a worldwide practitioner's directory on it um, and it's to possibly go on there and look at that website there's a plethora of, of information on there as well as some videos that they can watch as well and there's also some articles up there as well with regards to research it's probably good to have themselves in that frame of mind where they're willing to explore having treatment and on that practitioner's guide directory, rather, we have those who are qualified now and have done all their training listed up there worldwide. So they can go and find someone in their area to have a chat with, pick up a phone, have a, have a good chat and, and see when that, that practitioner is actually available and discuss how they can move forward to treat their scar. So, Gail, where can people find out more resources for scar tissue formation specifically? Okay, so I have many articles and available if their clients would like or students would like to contact me. Also on our website, which is www.mclaughlinscarrelease.com, 
you will find a lot of resources on there, videos they can watch, information about, there's an article up there about how scars impact the myofascia and how it can impact the pain that is associated with it as well. We also have a public page on Facebook for McLaughlin Scar Tissue Release, so they need to look specifically for the public page. That's where clients themselves have actually gone up there and posted about their outcomes, and some also practitioners have posted up there with permission from their clients to post up the results up there as well. I also have done a video, and you will find that I actually have my own Facebook page called Gail Toombs McLaughlin Scar Tissue Release, and you will find a video up there that I did with, now the lady's name is Christina, so she's quite, I've got all the permissions signed off under the world for this one, but we have a 16-minute video of her. That was the lady that I described about the leg. So there's a YouTube video up there that we did and how her process, her outcomes. She leads the whole interview. I don't. I ask specific questions, but her outcomes and her responses are all her own thoughts. I'll make sure to include those links in the show notes as well oh, for brilliant. anyone that is interested to watch or listen and find out more. Fantastic. And where but can we, people find out more about what you do? Okay, so what I do, as I say, I've got my own Facebook page also. On the website, that's the overall group's website, you'll also be able to find information on there under the instructor's directory because I also, as I said before, I'm an instructor as well. So anybody who's wanting to learn this technique and is, has a qualification that will be, allow them to do that, they will find all the details there for my workshops. I have three more towards the end of this year and then in the process of putting together my 2020 schedule. You will also find on their videos that I've done, information I've done, um, if they actually want to have a treatment, they can contact me directly. I'm sure if you want me to put my phone number or say that out loud now or, or you put that into the links. But We can put those into the just links, into links just... Yeah, Great. just to keep some of that information <laughs> private. <laughs> sure. So if anyone does is interested in having a treatment um, and having a dis- or just even having a discussion, because as I say, that can be the first step. Just having that discussion with me, then by all means, contact me. Um, if I can't see you personally, I, as I say, there is a network that I can refer on to. If someone is closer, I, I don't make you come hundreds of miles just to see me so there will be someone in the network that will be able to assist well thank you for spending today talking about your career talking about these case studies and scar tissue release it's it's been a fantastic conversation fantastic thanks money thanks for having me on the podcast too yeah Ah, it's an absolute pleasure and i'm sure that it's going to be really relevant and beneficial for our listeners as well so thank you lovely thank you very much Before today, had you heard of McLaughlin scar tissue release? I hadn't until I crossed paths with Gail several months ago. And after speaking with her several times and today, I want to sign up for one of these courses. It sounds incredible. Gail was so generous in sharing some of these fantastic case studies with us. I love hearing about case studies. The three deeper than skin insights that stood out to me were number one, this idea of asking a patient to invite you to touch their scar. 
I just thought that was really something that's different in the industry, something that people wouldn't usually do, but it can really build trust between a patient and practitioner probably more rapidly than many other things that you could do. So how could you, uh, I guess, incorporate this either into your practice or if you're a patient, how can you open this conversation with the practitioners that you're seeing? Number two, The concept that not all scars bring about angst or feelings of distress. Take the bullet wound, for example, and the treatment that Gail performed that ignited fond memories and fits of laughter. I've said it before on the podcast, but everyone is so different and we really can only go by the individual's own experience and expression of whatever it is that they're feeling. And a textbook definition is not always going to be correct. You need to check in. And number three, this therapy itself. I mean, this sounds like a game changer and I can't wait to see it in action. There's no pain. It's non-invasive. And the studies that have come out and these clinical uh, before and afters are just showing really incredible results. So I hope you enjoyed hearing from Gail as much as I did. And if you're loving the podcast, we invite you to become a Derm Health Code lover. You can receive exclusive updates, get a shout out on this show and have your name listed on the wall of fame. To find out more, just jump onto our website, go to dermhealth.co forward slash support dash us. The link's also in the show notes. So thank you for joining me for another week of the Heal Thy Skin podcast and sharing your earbuds with me. Until next time, have an awesome week. I just wanted to say thank you to everyone that's left reviews, subscribed to the podcast, followed us on social media. These reviews that have been coming in the last few weeks have made such a difference to our rankings. And do you know what that means? It means that our podcast is easy to find. It means that more people have been able to listen to our podcasts. And this makes me so happy because in the last few episodes or all of the episodes, but in the last few episodes, we've shared modalities, uh, patient stories, insights into things that aren't necessarily being spoken about in kind of the skin health industry. And these are therapies. These are stories that I think are just so important to highlight. And the reason why I started this podcast to begin with was to highlight the stories of people so that others that are going through those same journeys do not feel alone, do not feel isolated. They feel like they have some kind of connection with the person that we're interviewing and they feel like it gives them a glimmer of hope and it gives them a glimmer of unity as well and also to provide evidence-based education of these therapies that don't necessarily have a huge marketing budget, aren't necessarily offered at every single major skin health clinic or dermatology clinic or allied health practice around the nation. But hopefully, hopefully, by people hearing about these amazing types of modalities, you will see more of these 
in skin clinics and allied health practices and hospitals around the nation. And that is really what we're trying to do here at Derm Health Co. and with the Heal Thy Skin podcast. And just by you simply subscribing, you are helping us to do that. So thank you so much.